It's Nachum Siegel Network, and this is the OU Jewish Reaction Program. And uh, we get to start this week with the uh, with somebody who's been a guest of ours before. He is the Southeast Regional Director for the OU. It's Rabbi Naftali Herman. Rabbi Herman, welcome back to the Nachum Siegel Network. It's great to be back. Good morning. How are you? Everything is wonderful. I uh, I guess this is sort of like a... Um, a um how do i put it a goodbye to this season so to speak because because even synagogues and the different jewish institutions this time of year are sort of looking back at how this season has gone and are getting ready for uh, things to really rev up once the summer concludes how would you evaluate the way the southeast region has progressed over the last 10 months uh, this has been an incredible year for us uh, we're just closing in on the end of the first year uh, this initiative by the OU Synagogue Services. Um, for me down here in Boca Raton in the southeast, uh, it's really been an amazing, very revealing uh, process, spending time with the shuls, uh, rabbinic, professional, and lay leadership. Uh, we're just coming off a uh, our inaugural southeast rabbinic retreat that we did in Naples, Florida. Sounds as good as it does in Naples, Florida. Um, it was a really, really amazing uh year and now as you just said we're reflecting on the year and planning uh, for the year going forward the communities that you service are quite diverse a lot of things that work in one would not work in the other and vice versa or you wouldn't necessarily say that I, I think there's definitely ideas and processes and best practices that can uh, be shared by different communities but you know there, there's no question that there is diversity um, you know, one of the things that we found um, at this retreat that we did is we had uh, 25 rabbis from 25 different schools um, from Florida through North Carolina, um, as well as a few other states. Um, and it was a very, it was a very um, diverse in terms of I wouldn't say Ashkafa in terms of the representation of shul size and and whatnot. And yet, there was this incredible level of um, of respect and Derek that uh, that the rabbis had for one another, and um, I think everyone really walked away um, with a much uh, more full uh, briefcase of ideas and uh, best practices to bring to their communities. Now, Tully Herman with us, Southeast Regional Director, OU Synagogue Services. Um, you know, well, you spent a lot of time in this area, this meaning New York and New Jersey, and uh, and now you get to interact with people in uh, you know out of town places, so to speak, as we New Yorkers always refer to it. Um, are, are are the differences as great as we think? Is it as different being where you are, uh, the way we think it is, compared to being in the New York, New Jersey area? There's some differences, but I'm still waiting to meet a Floridian who's actually originally from Florida. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but you have other areas as well you're covering. So. For sure, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I try and fake the accents when, you know, I go to a place like New Orleans. Right. But um, uh, there there are differences. Things are a little bit slower, um, and I mean that in a positive way. Um, but I think the general concepts and ideas are are pretty much the same. Uh, you don't find uh, maybe some uh, um, more tolerant people where you are, uh, or more are people more willing to hear another side of a of a um, of a situation as opposed to uh, just you know jumping in and uh, insisting that things go the way they want it to go. Well, I don't want to get in trouble with my uh, <laughs> my old friends in New York and Jersey. New Jersey say they're not tolerant, but um, I, I think there's definitely a you know a certain degree of of openness. Um, and um, you know, I think again to go back to the retreat that we did, I think what we really 
you know, walked away from. And, and the reason that the, the retreat happened is that I entered this year um, very much in a, in, in a listening mode. I didn't go in with an agenda to the shuls and my meetings with the rabbis and their lay leadership. I really took the approach of, you know, tell us what your needs are. How can we, how can the OU be of help to you? Um, and really the number one thing that they asked for was bring us together. Wow. Let us just sit together and to schmooze and to share ideas. Um, and I, I think really the fact that we drew so many different types of rabbits from different shuls and communities and that they were, there was such an openness and willingness on their part, you know, to, um, um, to grow with one another, to hear things that maybe um, wouldn't naturally be something that would be their, their go-to, I think really show that there is that willingness. What would you like to see at the beginning of next season? What would you like to see in terms of, uh, you know, what think people are working on during the summer and bringing to their synagogues in September and October? So we have a bunch of different programs uh, in, in mind to run with the shuls, and you know, we got a lot of feedback from the retreat. Uh, we definitely want to do more on the professional side, working with executive directors and youth directors, uh, working with presidents and their boards, um, obviously with the rabbis as well, uh, doing more scholar and residence programs throughout the region. Um, we're, we're just getting started. We're just scratching the surface of what we can be doing. But I, I think really what's making the difference is the fact that we have boots on the ground here. Um, and that um, as well as uh, some of the other staff are able to get out to different areas of the region and spend real quality time, and it really makes a difference. I know any time I walk into some of the smaller communities, it's like, wow, the OU is here. There's such an excitement um, that they finally feel like they're really being served uh, to such a higher degree. How far north does your region go? Through North Carolina. I believe you're going to have on at some point today uh, Rabbi Hanuch Oppenheim from right. Charlotte. Correct. And that's uh, that's as north as the region gets. For now, they're, they're telling me it might get bigger, but <laughs> for now, this is the size of it. Well, that's good. No complaints, right? Correct. <laughs> Naftali Herman, OU Southeast Regional Director, uh, OU Synagogue Services, has uh, a representative now in the southeastern part of the United States. Anything you want to add, Rabbi Herman? No, Nachum, as always, thank you so much for uh, for the opportunity for us to share. Uh, what's happening in the area. Um, it's very, very exciting uh, time for the Southeast, and uh, we're grateful for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate that. Continued good luck, and I hope it's a very productive summer leading up to a great start for the coming year. All the best. Thanks so much. There he is, Naftali Herman, OU Southeast Regional Director with OU Synagogue Services, as north as uh, North Carolina, and obviously plenty to do in Florida itself and a lot in between. More coming up if you keep it here. This is the Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, you are listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Program. It is the OU Jewish Reaction Program, and today we are utilizing our time to concentrate on the southeast region of the United States. Uh, Rabbi Moshe Shiner is with us. He's the rabbi of the Palm Beach Synagogue uh, down in Florida, and we get an opportunity to speak with him for a few minutes here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Rabbi Shiner, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Hi, Nahum. Good afternoon. How are you? Everything is wonderful. Palm Beach, tell us, is it a classic congregation and community, an older congregation and community, a younger congregation and community, or is it uh, a mixture of all the above? I would go with a mixture of all of the above. Uh, Palm Beach uh, Synagogue is uh, an outreach synagogue, a user-friendly synagogue, synagogue that uh, welcomes Jews from all backgrounds, all walks of life, all persuasions and uh, brings them together in one common goal to uh, serve Hashem and grow in Torah mitzvahs. 
Is it difficult to uh, to recruit? Is it difficult to convey that message to people in the community who might be a little wary of coming into a uh, an Orthodox synagogue? In the beginning, it was obviously a challenge. Baruch Hashem, we now have a reputation for the past 22 and a half years. And, of course, it always uh, takes effort uh, to reach out and draw people in. But Baruch Hashem, our Shem Tov, uh, is the wind beneath our sails. Is your community growing as rapidly as many others in the Florida area? No. And the reason is because uh, Palm Beach is a very expensive area, and it's very difficult for people to become Shoma Shabbos and live in the neighborhood. Um, so we're more of a Kirov Shul. Our efforts are towards those who do not have a prior uh, exposure and experience with, uh, with Orthodox Judaism. And uh, when we're successful, they actually move to Boca or to Boynton or to other communities where they could live in walking distance. Oh, but Baruch Hashem, we have grown tremendously in terms of uh, our success of reaching out. And obviously, uh, not everyone becomes Shomer Shabbos, unfortunately. So Baruch Hashem, uh, we started with a handful of people, and today we have over 350 family memberships. Pretty amazing. So when you see people moving out of your community while other rabbis might be uh, despondent, in a way, you're celebrating sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's the ultimate goal. If they move to your Shalayim, even better. <laughs> that's believe sure. it or not, we do have a number of families living in your Shalayim. We have a family living in the Old City. We have families in Muncie. We have families, uh, obviously, in Boca Raton. And uh, Baruch Hashem, large mishpachas and growing, so... Uh, when you invest in another Jew, it's, uh, the, the, the results and the reward and the fruit is uh, literally endless. Rabbi Moshe Shiner with us, Rabbi of the Palm Beach Synagogue down in Florida. Uh, how, 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 do, uh, how did this past season go? I mean, I would assume in your uh, unique situation, the, in the Kirov environment that you described, you're bringing in scholars and residents and special programming. How did things go over the last few months? Well, obviously, uh, in Palm Beach, like all of Florida, especially a place like Palm Beach Island, which is a retreat or resort area, uh, our peak season is obviously from, I would say, uh, from Hanukkah through Pesach. Uh, that's peak season. So we concentrate a lot of effort and resources, especially during that time. And we're very fortunate that uh, we attract some of the, the greatest uh, rabbis, teachers, scholars, and um, it's always exciting. Uh, Shabbos in Palm Beach is never ordinary. It's always inspiring and uplifting and uh, high energy with a lot of, uh, whether it's cantors or scholars or other uh, wonderful programs, uh, the season is uh, very stimulating and spiritually uh, inspiring. And what's the congregation like during the summer months? So Baruch Hashem, we maintain three minions a day throughout the year. Wow. Uh, and uh, we, we remain active. Obviously, Shabbos... Uh, We'll get about 100 people on Shabbos during the summer. But during the season, uh, you're hard to find a seat if you come late. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. and, the fu- and the future of Palm Beach Synagogue, I would assume, is going to remain uh, uh, in this vein, where uh, the, the, the cure of opportunities will continue to, to be there and available to you, and you'll continue to jump on those opportunities. That's, what, uh, that's our mission. Uh, I'm, I'm a Lubavitcher by training. Uh, the shul is an OU synagogue, so we bring the best of both worlds together. <laughs> That's wonderful. Right, Moshe Schreiner, Rabbi of the Palm Beach Synagogue down in Florida. Thanks so much for a few minutes today. It's much appreciated. Have a gesunden Zimmer, as we say. 
Thank you, Nachum, and Hatzlachim, what you're doing. And uh, we even listen to you down in Florida as well. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Be well. Cultivate. Right, Moshe Shiner, Rabbi of Palm Beach Synagogue. Uh, we spoke earlier with our Naftali Herman as we examined the southeast region of OU Synagogue services on this Tuesday morning broadcast. You are listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
to the uh, OU Jewish Reaction Program here at the Nahum Siegel Network. That's Yummy Lowy. Had an opportunity to speak earlier with uh, Naftali Herman, Southeast Regional Director for the uh, OU Synagogue Services, and uh, Rabbi Shiner joined us in the uh, he's the rabbi of the Palm Beach Synagogue. Now we have an opportunity to visit Boca Raton uh, virtually. Rabbi Eliyahu Rabofsky is with us. He's the rabbi of the Young Israel of Boca Raton. And uh, he is uh, with us via telephone here on this uh, Tuesday. Rabbi Rabofsky, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you so much, Nahum. It's it's a pleasure to be here with and it you. Is, and it is Rabofsky. If I, if I mispronounced it earlier, I apologize. That's great. Um, how long have you been in Boca? Uh, this summer, 26 years. Why is your town, city, region, area of Florida regarded as like the most amazing and incredible um, uh, synagogue and community in this country, practically. I don't know. I guess we have a very good PR department. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It sure seems that way. <laughs> it seems everybody wants to move there, and everyone's, everyone who's there is thrilled. Well, uh, we are, I mean, obviously we are blessed with, uh, with good weather part of the year, and a lot of people don't seem to be minding our summers as much as they used to. Right. Uh, and... Uh, We've seen over twenty. I've seen over twenty-six years uh, just an incredible amount of growth in terms of, you know, our Jewish Orthodox community. How, uh, both in terms of infrastructure, certainly restaurants, stores, uh, and uh, certainly on the spiritual side, shuls, schools, yeshivas. Uh, there's been a tremendous growth in that. And uh, you know, a crowd brings a crowd. You and, you mentioned yeah. you're there over a quarter of a century. I'm sure when you first got there, there I, I would doubt there was any vision that this would take place. Florida had a certain reputation when it came to our community, and youth was not among it. Right. I mean, Boca was uh, always uh, a little bit of a repository of uh, some of the younger families. Even when we came, it was small, but uh, younger families lived here uh, who were involved in uh, performing all kinds of services, often targeted for seniors, not always, but right. often targeted for seniors. But it well, was very small. I My, my first rem, uh, remembrances are uh, going to Miami Beach uh, before Rosh Hashanah and bringing back about 30 challahs <laughs> for, for people. Uh, there wasn't really a place to buy challah here uh, locally uh, in the beginning days and, and other things as well. I remember we used to get uh, meat from a store in North Miami Beach. They would come and deliver Wednesdays, I believe, every week. And uh, that was really the closest destination. It's about 45 minutes south. So it's a far cry from that today. Yeah, that's not the situation now, huh? <laughs> no, no. Baruch Hashem, uh, things have uh, changed uh, far, far more for the better and uh, much developed. Uh, and as I say, in the uh, in the in the infrastructure side, on the uh, on the on the material and in the spiritual as well. Rabbi Elio Rabofsky is with us, Rabbi the Unusual of Boca Raton. How many families are in your area now? Well, in the area itself, uh, I would, Boca Raton Synagogue, I believe, says that their their membership is exceeding now 600. Wow. Uh, our members, we, 
I would say probably in the in the total area. Um, I mean, if you're going to include the whole Boca, uh, it could be in the vicinity of a thousand families. Just pretty amazing. Uh, it may, maybe even more than that when you factor in uh, uh, the community at Century Village. The envy of every community around the country. I, you know, every community, uh, in, in fairness and in seriousness, I mean, every community has great pluses, and there are certainly, uh, we are far from perfect, and uh, we stand uh, in, in honestly in the shadow of other communities that uh, you know, have have much more development and much more history. Boca is a very new place, and that's uh, definitely uh, an attribute and an opportunity. It also is, uh, to some extent, a limitation. So every community has its pluses and minuses, and, of course, our job and our task is to make the most of uh, the hand that we are dealt. And at this point, you're not surprised that the growth is uh, the way it is, because as you described earlier, once people start coming and the word gets out, all of a sudden you see a flood of people heading to the same place. Exactly. That is definitely true, and uh, it is a combination it is also a manifestation of the tremendous growth of the Orthodox Jewish world right. in general and particularly in the United States. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Rabbi Yel Rabofsky is with us, Rabbi the Unusual Boca Raton. What about programming? Is it, uh, I mean, I can imagine as the, as the synagogue continues to grow that you are programming and bringing in, whether it's speakers or special projects, uh, you know, for a variety of different groups, you know, for different age groups and for, you know, people who may have some type of variety of background, not everybody's the same. How is that department going where you are? Uh, it's It goes very nicely. And one of the things that I always tell people that inquire about our shul is that we still are small enough that uh, everybody could make a difference. That's right. one of the great things we offer people. So we had a member who came into our shul uh, a few years ago who... Uh, was actually coming from uh, New Jersey and was part of Passaic Torah Institute right. and a, more, a learning program that was there every morning. And he was very desirous of trying to create something like that, and it really didn't exist in the community. So we created uh, something that we call Morning Base Medrash, and uh, still going strong now today. Uh, three, four, five, six uh, fellows gathering together in the morning. We have breakfast after Shachris, uh three days a week, and then uh, learn together. And uh, the crowd varies. The attendance varies. It depends on who's around and who's able to come. Some people are very consistent in coming. Some people come sporadically, but uh, it's a wonderful program, and uh, it caters to a certain element. Uh, as young families are continuing to grow in the community, so we're always looking for more programming for them. We've consistently run a family fun day uh, every year, usually in the winter. By us, it's uh, the most uh, hospitable time to be outside, right. <laughs> uh, and it's a great uh, a great afternoon of uh, rides, activities, barbecue, and camaraderie in a wonderful environment, a wonderful Torah environment. Uh, the shul has been running for a number of years uh, a, uh, a, a day camp, uh, usually a one or two weeks at the end of the summer when the longer, more established day camps have finished. That's also a very enriching program. 
And uh, just yesterday, in fact, we did another program that was really targeted for families. It was an interesting take on a fundraiser that we normally do, a raffle fundraiser. And instead of having a, an adult-focused evening event, we had an, uh, an event in the afternoon built around a magic show. Uh, it was a great event for families, lots of kids in the shul, uh, lots of young families in the shul together with older as well. Uh, great food. We had terrific coordination from uh, two young women that are relatively new in the community who really spearheaded the event. So it was really great. Very nice. And the first one you started with, the base Medrash one, you said uh, someone brought it from out of town. They literally brought it with them when they moved to Boca from New Jersey. Exactly. They came in with the idea. They, uh, they advocated for it. And I said, well, uh, how can you say no to somebody who wants to create a learning program uh, in the shul that really isn't going to require much overhead of any, I mean, just maybe a little money for food, but otherwise it was just there, and uh, it really it had definitely has uh, paved the way and added a, an important dimension. Was there a day school in Boca when you got there? So there was, uh, in the sense, well, there there was uh, the Donna Klein Academy, which is a federation school, existed. And as well, already, there was a school here. There's a school here today called Hillel, and there was a school then called Hillel. The Hillel school that started, which is it, the, the current one, is a continuum of it, uh, was a branch. It started as a branch of a school in North Miami Beach. Hmm. And since then, it has evolved into its own autonomous institution. And have and, it, have, I'm sorry, go ahead. And uh, since then, there's been the development of another uh, elementary school since, uh, since that time. So the Hillel School has developed into an autonomous orthodox institution. And another school, Torah Academy, also has opened uh, in, in the very late 1990s. Yeah. and uh, developed into a substantial school today. And uh, they've been able to keep up, the day schools and yeshivas are able to keep up with the demands in terms of the numbers of students that need to be serviced at this point? Uh, Baruch Hashem, they have. Uh, it, it isn't easy, and uh, it certainly requires lots of effort in, in terms of fundraising, community support, community awareness. Uh, I think the schools are certainly attuned to that and work very, very hard at trying to broaden the base to uh, to enable it. Amazing. Uh, it's Boca Raton, and um, we've all heard of it. You've got to go visit and see it. It's pretty amazing. Rabbi Elo Rabofsky is the rabbi of the unusual of Boca Raton. Thank you so much for joining us today and continued success down there, and have a wonderful summer and continued good luck as the brand-new year starts very soon. I, I thank you so much, Nochem, and I did want to just sure. put in... A word, one word, if I could, please. One word, if I could, um, in deference to uh, the fact that it is uh, an OU podcast, right? And um, the OU did recently sponsor a Southeast Rabbinic Retreat, right? And I had the pleasure of being part of it, and I certainly want to give uh, the whole OU leadership and Naftali Herman a great shout out for it. And I, I really feel confident that I'm speaking on behalf of uh, all my colleagues who were there, uh, it was very restorative. It was very restorative. It was inspirational. It really, I think, helped all of us in our own unique ways focus on our role uh, as, uh, as mashpiyam, as uh, the task of being a good shepherds and uh, a positive influence uh, in the numerous ways that rabbis need to be. 
So I just want to express my gratitude for it. It was a really wonderful and enriching program. Ah, phenomenal. Uh, thank you so much, Ayurabovsky. Continued success down there in Boca Raton. Thank you, Nachum. The doors are wide open for you. We're looking for you. I appreciate that. I hope to see you soon, very, very soon. More coming up. You are listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Program. This is the Nachum Siegel Network. of uh, Baruch Levine and Simcha Liner together. CD entitled Project Relax. You're listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Show here at the Nahum Siegel Network, uh, spending time with leaders in um, the southeast region, um, uh, courtesy of the OU, on this, uh, on this uh, edition of the OU Jewish Reaction Program. And the rabbi of the Charlotte Torah Center... Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know why when it comes to the Carolinas you always express shock <laughs> that there are religious, Jewish religious institutions there, but hey, why not? Uh, Rabbi Hanoch Oppenheim is with us via telephone. The Charlotte Torah Center is located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Rabbi Oppenheim, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate that. How many years have you been down in Charlotte? With this summer will be eight. Was it a... Uh, a a, a jolt for, I don't know where you came from, you could tell us, but was it a, 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 a big difference from where you were originally? Well, it's interesting. We actually had lived in uh, Eretz Israel for 20 years wow. and very involved with uh, many activities there. All our children were born there. Huh. We did 
moved back originally to Dallas. That was the initial jolt. But Charlotte, uh, due to the size of the community and, and everything, was a, a bit of a bit of a jolt. In addition to the fact that my wife and I are both from New York and just a different mentality down here in general. But the uh, kind of easygoing southerness is something we have kind of come to appreciate. Different mentality is that describable? Could you give us examples or tell us more what you mean uh, by that? D- different mentality, yeah. I would say uh, in, in New York, people are perhaps more forthcoming about their emotions, their feelings, letting it, you know, putting it uh, degree, putting it on the table, also uh, in Israel. And down here, uh, that's not always the case. You know, as my wife has pointed out, just because someone's acting nice to you, that doesn't always mean... <laughs> <laughs> could be just uh, common courtesy, but uh, there's in general the the flip side. The, the nice side is you never get honked at at a traffic light if you don't go uh, right away. People people let you in. People are very courteous. People are just uh, people are lovely down here. Boy, you must hate so, uh, you must hate visiting New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't hate it. But once you've been here for a while, you, you do start to notice it. Yeah, and you get used to a certain way of life. Rabbi Hanoch Oppenheim is with us. Uh, how large was the congregation when you first got there? Well, it's small. I'd really have to go into a, a whole history. We really run an outreach center, mm. so um, it's there were it's roughly around the same size as when I got here. But uh, the, uh, the, there's an entirely different group of people that are here uh, now than. Uh, we we own there is we are one congregation here, and then there's a very huge Chabad here with actually a shlichim. So it's a, a you're kind of two Orthodox presences in this town. And well, yeah, because I mean, you know, when you're from this area, you don't really view Charlotte as being a powerhouse when it comes to Orthodox Judaism. But you could tell us at least it sounds like that there there is a you know tremendous amount of activity there. There is. We we run we we run about eight different shiurim a week. Uh, on Shabbos for Shiurim, and uh, during the week we have in Taras Mishpacha, we have in Chavos Levavas, we have in other things in addition to, we do some campus outreach, and uh, we, there's just, there's a lot of great stuff going around, and even in this day and age when you wouldn't think people would be interested, because the, it's another thing, the difference you asked in the types of Jews, an assimilated New York Jew usually has more contact with Judaism, right. <laughs> a lot of stuff about it. Then a lot of Southern Jews who don't even know things like shrimp are in kosher and uh, and other things. Some of their exposure, it's it's really remarkable. On the other hand, it works to our benefit because they don't have a lot of the negative stereotypes either, and they're pretty open to hearing new ideas and new things. Many of them, I would assume, uh, have gone through many years without really associating with other Jews in many cases, that's right? Tr- yeah, that's that's correct. On the other hand. Uh, in the South, being as, in general, it, it's a small community, not just North Carolina, this is Virginia, other places, when you talk to the old-timers, they'll tell you they knew all the Jews in the South, right. whether it was Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, because it was so small, they felt very well connected. Uh, there's, there's a lot written on that subject also, but not not any, not necessarily what we would call Torah-based. Yeah, even when, even when I even when I was young, I remember that um, among the youth groups, uh, places like uh, Atlanta, Memphis, and Charlotte were always connected, and you know people just always knew each other from those different areas. Yeah, that, right. That's that that is correct. Uh, a lot of people confuse us with Charleston, by the way. Charleston, South Carolina, right. happens all the time when I I'm in New York. <laughs> yeah, I know someone from there. It's really, and hear the name. It's so we are our own city, and. Um, it, just as far as 
you know, potential growth and, and what we see, this is the second financial capital to New, York, to New York City in the country. And so there is a huge amount of business growth here in the last 15 years and continues to grow. So um, this, you know, when we get more of an infrastructure and, and everything going on, it, it's, uh, it, this really is a wonderful place to live. It is part of, part of, you know, one of America's great cities to live in, voted every year. Is there a day school down there? Yes, there is a day school here. Day school, when we first moved, was until eighth grade. And so I, that was our condition in coming, actually, of course. It has to be a day school. And uh, lo and behold, it only, after we were here for two years, unfortunately, the other grades, there wasn't enough. So now it goes until fifth grade. Uh, and, when the, some, and when a family wants Jewish education beyond that, what do they do at that point? That's a good question. Uh, some, some homeschool. And uh, that's a, it's, it's been a challenge for a number of families here. As I say, in the Chabad community, they kind of have a model of they send out. But in our right. community, um, it's been kind of a, it, it, it's a challenge. And, but in some cases, extremely successful homeschooling to kids that have gone on to yeshiva, and, um, and it's, it's been great. Are you tired of the question of where you get kosher food? <laughs> no, because you're ready for this. Yeah. We have the only kosher restaurant between... Georgia and Silver Spring, between Atlanta and Silver Spring, a place called Gleberman's, and uh, it's a kosher restaurant in the middle of the South. With, uh, people, people from New York coming here eating all the time uh, and saying they've never tasted food like this. So how long is it? Kosher, and a kosher mart with it. So we have that. How long has it been around? It's been around probably 20 years. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And yeah, it is amazing. No, no one realizes, but I see there, there are from people in Hasidim in there all the time, and he sends the hotels in the area. The people who need to know, it seems, do know about it. <laughs> right. But it is, it, it is a miracle because in Richmond they don't have such a thing, and in Norfolk they don't have such a you know, other bigger communities in Savannah. You know, so it's interesting that, yeah, we do have this. Pretty amazing. And, 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 and it is amazing, but as I say, the Jews are... are um, you know, they're questing, and, and they're looking, and, and, uh, and people really are growing. And it's really, and our community is growing. Rabbi Hanoch Oppenheim, Charlotte Tourist Center. Well, what were some of the most successful programs this past season? Are you able to bring in speakers and people who are, you know, who are anxious to come for Shabbos to Charlotte and to uh, participate with you? Yes, I, I'll say, but even before that, uh, our single most successful program really over the last year or two really is due, due to the women my wife takes these jwrp trips oh yes oh yes and, and that has been a game changer for the torah center because uh women who weren't even affiliated with anything in certain cases uh came and and then have really developed into a relationship uh a wonderful relationship and and start to become Shabbos guests, and start to just have have Kesher to my wife, and then husbands get involved. And this has been, no doubt about it, our single greatest program uh, th- that we've done. We do have we do have Shabbatones, and yes, we we do bring in speakers. Uh, but I I really have to say I got I got to credit the women. I have to credit my wife, uh, who really spearheads it and does it from soup to nuts, both fundraising and everything else, and it's been amazing. And I and I, I did, and I I will say that you know the OU kind of calling and it was just a rabbinic conference of all the rabbis getting involved. I really felt part of something a bit bigger also uh, when 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 that happened, and and feel that that's a very positive presence now having you know having some a bigger connection to them this than before. Is, this is a, uh, a sentiment that is being repeated every time we speak to any rabbi from the southeast. 
in specific because of the conference that you had recently, but in general because of how synagogue services have reached out and have played a major role. And here, I don't think in this area we appreciate it as much, but again, in outlying areas or places where there's hundreds of miles between either synagogues or communities, I'm sure it's appreciated much more. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's incredible, and especially knowing how it's set up, it's, as is explained, the, you know, Alan Fagan, when he took over, really wanted to get back to the OU's original initiative, which was helping synagogues, you know, 100 years ago. Right. And that's really what they do. So there's someone in our region, Naftali Herman, who's wonderful, and he really is set up to be a concierge for the rabbis. And so if, like, for example, there was a high school student I wanted to send on a trip, and, you know, he calls me up, he links me up, because I was, there were, few, there, were few, there were a number of options. He was really able to help with that. And, and just in general and in, in, in other things, right, not to feel so isolated. It's, it's really wonderful. And at the conference, there was a special part of the conference just for southern communities. Uh, and uh, it was just a pleasure to have, um, just to hear the expertise and to have Dr. Pelkowitz there and to have our wine web there, and um, it was really wonderful. That's, it's an incredible thing the OU is doing. Rabbi Hanoch Oppenheim, the Charlotte Torah Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, and we wish you a very successful summer and a great start to the brand new year coming up soon. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. A pleasure. Rabbi Hanoch Oppenheim down at the Charlotte Torah Center. Maybe we'll visit him one day. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests during this hour. I want to thank uh, Naftali Herman, OU Southeast Regional Director. I want to thank Rabbi Shiner from uh, Palm Beach Synagogue, Rabbi Rubsky from the uh, Young Israel of Boca Raton, and Rabbi Oppenheim, the Charlotte Torah Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. I thank you all for listening to the Nahum Siegel Network and the OU Jewish Reaction Program. Uh, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Always tune in uh, through uh, NahumSiegel.com or the NSN app. And, of course, you can follow us on social media, on uh, Facebook, Nahum Siegel Network, on uh, Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, and on Instagram, Nahum Siegel Network. I thank you for tuning in to NSN and this edition of the OU Jewish Reaction Program.